You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Heath Graham, alongside Cody Berry, and we're taking you on a 12-month tour of living your passion in business, leadership, and life. The Tour 12 Podcast is being presented by NUMA Outdoors. Hey, 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 hey. We're on the air with the one and only. Guess who's back? We're back. <laughs> He's back. The boys be, are back in town. Be the body. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You've been waiting all year for this, Brandon. I thought we'd pick up where we left off. I've never heard that before. (laughs) If you're new to the listening audience, Brandon Hunt does not prefer to be called Be the Body. But out of the options we've got for bodies, he's the closest to it. (laughs) I don't know if that's good at all. (laughs) So we were doing a photo shoot this week for uh, a company. Yeah trying to do some base layers and, and it, yeah. we were like and when we say base layers we mean like just base, base layers, layers only <laughs> and the only even potential option we had for it was brandon <laughs> or a mannequin <laughs> we yeah we're coming, mannequin. we're coming out of deer says i'm gonna need to train up for this, for this. <laughs> i told somebody the other day they asked like can we get a real person and i was like bro you can pay for a model <laughs> But it ain't me. It ain't us. <laughs> I feel like at 46, there's better options for you boys on the, on the model and stuff. Anyway, we are uh, back on the podcast. Super, super pumped about this week. Yeah. This is uh, going to be our first edition of the monthly podcast within Tour 12 called The Whitetail Gospel. And I've been thinking about this for Yeah, we've been talking about while. this for like three yeah. years. At least two, I know. Yeah. And, but uh, time out, I feel like we've skipped over some some stuff that we need to talk about because like, <laughs> oh like Lord, y'all are just rolling in like we've been doing this like we did one last week. Hey, we, we did have. do we no, did we've done two we've in done a row. Two. Whatever. <laughs> Me obviously doesn't subscribe to Tour Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Y'all have put two out already. Yeah. Oh we're on a roll, bro. We were. I thought prepping. this was the first one back. Yeah. No, no. Well, it's the first one for you back. Oh. Okay. You're busier <laughs> than see, all am, of us. See, that's why I'm, I'm in the loop, boy. I mean, I'm in the loop. Uh, let me show you how to su- subscribe to the podcast. This is how I got kicked out of the podcast. <laughs> you did not get it's kicked out. No. <laughs> it's like they just happened, and I didn't even know nothing about it. That's well, hilarious. you know my scheduling, the way I schedule. Yes, and I so do. what typically like, happens is... 10 o'clock, hey, today? y'all want to do a podcast? Okay, 11 Stop. o'clock. No, 10, 15, 10, 30, we'll do a podcast. Be, I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we should. I got an idea. Maybe we should just when we do the regular Tour Twelve podcast, just start calling B. There, wherever live. he's at. If oh he, yeah, if, could, we do that. If we could get you in at least for a few minutes, yeah. at the very least. He's busier than we are. We're I know. Pretty, we're pretty busy driving and seeing cattle and the people who own the cows <laughs> and trying to hunt. I, I, I got to do something so I can do this stuff. Bees. He actually is really busy, and the reason I know that is because he was invited on a hunt, and I couldn't go, and he couldn't go. Oh. and so. I'm gonna take one for the team, and you're gonna you're gonna take my place. I guess I'll go if you. And can I, go. well, we'll get into that later. But <laughs> I really need to go. <laughs> well, Kenneth, the guy that invited us, he said, Do "Y'all need another deer episode." And I was like, "Always." You think? <laughs> yes, we need we need. So we typically whatever we harvest throughout throughout the year. Um, we just know in the back of our mind we got to make it up turkey season yeah. <laughs> if we don't get enough episodes. 
right now we might be doing a lot of turkey hunting this year. <laughs> we have ten turkey episodes. Yeah, that's fine. I can get it. I can get mad at them real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, weren't you the one that missed the turkey a bunch of times? Man, that was like fifteen years ago. That was like oh seven or eight. I don't know. I, my son talks about it all the time. Well, it's so, how, that's how you became famous. It's he, out there. <laughs> that's how he became famous. <laughs> what a great thing to be famous <laughs> for. Exactly. I missed six turkeys in one day. It six with my bow. And it made yeah. a great episode. It was funny. It was it, real life. It was not funny at the time. No, it was <laughs> I not. I bet it wasn't. Funny. It made a funny episode. It probably is one of the most The humorous. problem is you can kill 25 since then, but nobody remembers them. They yeah. remember them six <laughs> yeah. that you missed. Yeah. Well, that's human nature, though. I mean, everybody remembers the worst. True. I mean, I don't know why, but I guess it makes people feel better if they dog other people. Something to that seems to be i guess that's our culture we live in yeah so we're, we're going to jump off into the whitetail gospel and tell us a little bit about the idea you had here yeah so you're kind of getting there well me and brandon and probably you we've been talking about it two or three years and i told you the other day i was like i'm starting to think i have a problem because i really i think about whitetail deer every day of my life absolutely i mean i really do like there's and i'm and i'm I've got two sides to it. One, as a hunter, obviously we absolutely love hunting. But then I have a whole nother level of respect for the animal because of the industry that we're in. Like every time I see a deer when I'm on the farm or hunting somewhere else, I'm like grateful for whitetails. It's almost it's almost like they're sacrificing for us to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a joking manner, I say that. But at the end of the day, I really do respect the, the whitetail deer. And so... We thought as much as we love, we talked about doing a whole separate podcast right. called The Whitetail Gospel. Yeah, that was the original idea. Yeah, and we got to thinking. We ain't got time for that. Wise up a little bit. We really don't have time, especially now, especially me and Cody with a whole nother the Texas Trophy Owners podcast we're hosting. And so there's just not enough time mm-hmm. to do all these different podcasts. And so we thought the only thing that halfway made sense was to mix it into the a monthly ep- yeah. episode of yeah. something we were already doing. Yeah. And, and I think of, that works out too. It's going to yeah. help us with planning. <laughs> Way better. Yeah. Be, you you know, know it's coming. <laughs> I gave you uh, what? This is, yes, you did. I you gave, gave you a week. A week. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and then he's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even read. <laughs> I sent him a few notes. I and, did. And uh, so, anyway, super excited about the Whitetail Gospel. It's kind of a play off of. Uh, like the gospel, at least for our faith and the way we believe it actually is the truth. Yeah. And so the tag is the truth's always changing off of this. But the the thought there is there's obviously more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Yes. And people are, are successful a lot of different ways. And so we thought it'd be fun to dive off into this first edition of it. And B, we've got to actually have something special for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For this oh, episode. Uh-oh. And to our listening audience, beat it. Nobody knows what we're about to let him hear. Yeah. But we have created a custom new intro just for the White Tail Gospel session. I'm scared. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to this episode of the White Tail Gospel, where we dive deep into strategies and techniques that are guaranteed to make you a successful deer hunter. As a matter of fact, we're so confident in what we're about to talk about, you'll harvest a deer on the very next hunt. <laughs> You're listening to the boys from Tour 12, and we do not approve that previous message. No, no, no. This is the Whitetail Gospel, where the truth 
is always changing. Always changing. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Welcome to the Whitetail Gospel, Cody and Did Brandon. Did you say honky in there? <laughs> no, I didn't. It sure heck sounded like you said honky. <laughs> I, I, I said that to Cleed, who obviously is part of our team and hunts with us, and I said, Cleed, I said, I need your professional opinion. And I sent him the track, and he just saw Whitetail Gospel intro. Before he even listened to it, he texted me back and said, Oh, Lord. (laughs) 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 So, anybody that, what is that? Somebody's phone is connected. Cody's probably getting. uh, I'm thinking it's your computer. Oh, are you still Bluetooth to the. Yeah, I'm on Do Not Disturb. So, well, that's probably what I should be on. Anyway, we're kind of anybody that listens to the podcast knows we like to have a good time. (laughs) And so, I thought, what better way? To stage the white tail gospel, <laughs> then have a good time. Then to tell people they're going like I'm going after you give me some advice today, B. I'm hunting tomorrow. You are, and if I don't kill, it's I on didn't you. say it's all on that. You. you said all that, not me. <laughs> it's B's fault. <laughs> don't be putting this on me. I even let Gavin hear it. I said, Gavin, he's 18. I said, I need your thoughts on this podcast intro, and he listened to it. He said. That's funny right there. <laughs> <laughs> he probably said it just like that. Oh, too. That's funny right yeah, there. Yeah, because he's not real emotional. He's yeah. like, that's funny right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, super pumped about the Whitetail Gospel. We're going to kind of the strategy throughout the year. That ain't me, Cody Berry. I'm turned off. The strategy throughout the year is going to be to kind of play off the season that we're in. So every month, whatever the season is, we'll kind of have some some questions and some some thoughts about what's worked for us um i tell people brandon all kidding aside everywhere i go i tell people i've learned a lot from you over the years and not that you execute every time but when it comes to wisdom from the hunt (laughs) (laughs) you're you're smart you're smart of a hunter as i know (laughs) that was a very nice way to say that that. was good that was good well i was just thinking about the turkey hunt you just showed or talked about i mean and so last year deer season was pretty rough too B called me. Was that last year or was that this year? I can't remember. B called me and goes, I don't even think, feel like I know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? I can hear you saying that. Well, that's, I mean. It's, it's real talk. Yeah, it's real talk. You, you get know, frustrated. We're calling this the white tail gospel, but it, that, I mean, that's kind of yeah. uh, parody, I guess, that, yeah. I mean, there is no gospel when it comes to hunting whitetails. Yeah. You know, there it just once you think you got it all figured out, get ready. Yeah, because it's changing. They're fixing to humble you. Yeah, yeah. big it, time for sure. It's going to change. So anyway, this first the first episode, we're going to kind of dive off into talking about pros and cons of late season, and kind of stuff we've experienced, things we have seen work, things maybe we hadn't seen work, and kind of just go down, go down the list of of that discussion. So. Let's dive off into it. Pros of late season hunting, B. I like late season hunting mainly because you generally, when you see deer, you see a lot of deer. Yeah. You know, we're, oh, we're into January now pretty much, and everything's pretty much calmed back down to where the rut's not, unless you're unless you're in some parts of the country like South Alabama or South Texas or something like that, they've still got rut activity going on. But for the biggest majority of where we're hunting whitetails, it's over. Yeah. And everybody's back to their normal day-to-day bedding, feeding, trying to stay alive. Right. And so deer can get 
patternable again yeah. when they get that way. And one thing about the later season that you don't see early season a lot is they group up. Yeah. You know, you're seeing large groups of does together. Mm-hmm. And then um, bucks also kind of, you know, early season hunting, you've got all your bucks are grouped up together and all your does are grouped up together. And a lot of times they're not feeding and, and living in the same areas or really, you know, super close to one another sometimes they do but for the most part they're kind of separated yeah late season a lot of times you see those big giant doe groups and then you see those buck bachelor groups again and they get kind of get all intermingled because they're really concentrated on food yeah mm-hmm. and I that's what that, it what it comes down to is late season is food the, i would say that is a pro that they're in big groups like that but it's also a con that's <laughs> really hard to get. there's a lot of eyes on you you darn right and there's not much cover left on in the trees yeah you know? yeah we had a buddy that was bow hunting just a few weeks ago and then he showed me a video of it and there were like eight or ten does in the field and he missed the first one mm-hmm. and he's like i couldn't get drawed back again yeah. and that's why because there's so many mm-hmm. eyes trying to figure out where it came from you yeah. know absolutely i think one of the pros for me is is most people are done hunting for the most part Mm -hmm. you've got your which there's nothing wrong with that i mean i'm not saying that's right or wrong but there's a lot less traffic in the woods compared to november and even early season for that matter especially if you hunt public ground in arkansas a lot of guys once the rut's over they're like hanging it up and they're done you know yeah absolutely so that's a pro i mean um Obviously, if you can find food source, you can find deer a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great time. I know for me, I, I feel like it's a great time to to capture leftover inventory of what's survived and made it through the year, kind of game planning for next year even already, even though we're still hunting. Um, and that's another thing is keep cameras running. A lot of people shut them off mm-hmm. late season. And I was going to ask you, I know how I do it, B, but – and this is something I haven't really started doing until the last two years, is when it comes to late season and game cameras, or even year-round for that matter, is how you keep up with your inventory of deer. So, like, <clears throat> you can say, I'll go ahead and talk while you're thinking about that because that wasn't on my notes list. <laughs> <laughs> but I know for me, I've started I've started categorizing my gallery of deer in my app. We've been using reveals for the last few years and a lot of apps have this. I mean, we're going to be using some wise eyes this this year as well, those game cameras. But inside your app, typically, and if you don't have an app that does it, you can do it on your computer. But I categorize, categorize my deer by the month. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and then if I've got a specific deer, like the big eight that I'm kind of chasing right now still, um, which he's still showing up, B. Still, he? still got both sides, too. Does he? Yep. Good. But he's liking that a mm-hmm. lot. But anyway, what I what I try to do is I keep them in there by the month, and then if I have a specific deer, I'll put it in another gallery with the big eight or whatever the name of the deer, mm-hmm. whatever we name the deer to keep up with him. But what that does for me is next year when I roll back around, I can just go to that gallery and one prepping for the next month. I can say what happened here last month mm-hmm. as far as deer activity day versus night. I can just click in that gallery, go down through there and see it. And so I know it's been helpful for me, like the deer I killed this year, the Julio buck. I didn't even realize I had pictures of him last year because I just stuck buck pictures in my November folder. Mm-hmm. Went back and found him after I spot, had an encounter with him. Then I saw him on the game camera a few times, and I realized he was going downhill from the previous year. And I was like, man, if that dude shows up, I need to shoot him. Mm-hmm. 
and so I did. Ended up being an old deer, and then two days later, my other buck showed back up because mm-hmm. he was the he was running he, him off. He was running them off out of yep. there. But I probably wouldn't have known that had I not had pictures of him last year saved mm-hmm. in that gallery from from November of of twenty one or right. twenty then. And so, just something food for thought there. I don't know how you do it. I usually manage mine like by the farm. So like I'll have, and 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 then the year within that. Right. So I've got a farm subfolder and then under that i'll have 2021 2020 2022 and then that way i can kind of keep track of what deer are on that farm you do yours on the computer uh in the app app. i got you yep cool in the app now after a few years i'll move what i think i want to to a computer and then delete that folder in the app yeah you know that way i'm not because if something happens, then I always got to back up, basically. That's a probably pretty computer. good idea. I probably need to do that now that you say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll forget to pay a subscription one month. Right, and, and they're all of a sudden they're gone. <laughs> That'd yeah. be perfect. I'd be like, that happened in Dropbox one time. You'd be calling people, hey, man, is there any way to get that You back? got any of them pictures I text you? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. But talking about con- uh, pros to late season hunting, for me, being a gear guy, I like hunting late because it's cold. Yeah. And I get to use all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the gear, clothes, or whatever it is that, right. you know, because living in the South, you know, we don't have right. a lot of, you know, super, super 20, cold, yeah. 20 and below degree hunts or yeah. whatever. So yep. it's kind of cool to get to use some of that stuff. And Well, that is an advantage, too, because not everybody has that all that gear as mm-hmm. a gear person you're like i want to have everything and yeah some guys are like no nah, it's too cold i'm waiting yeah, till. I'm wait. <laughs> yeah so then you get to get out yeah. which the older i get i kind of some days are <laughs> not as fired up about it as others it's hard on the joints yeah. <laughs> well let's let's talk about actually hunting deer late season um what's worked for you what hadn't um i, I jotted down just learning bed to feed patterns mm-hmm. um Let's talk about when do you like to hunt late season, early, late, midday. For me, it goes back to where I've been the most successful. It goes back to that mainly evening hunting time, you know, just because they're going to a food source and generally here they're bedding not very far from it. Yeah. So it's really hard to hunt them in a transition area. I mean, you can, if you can find the right situation where they're bedding far enough away from where they're feeding that you can get in there and get up and, and, and do it. it that's, a, that's awesome. And, you know, and you can hunt those deer in the morning or, you know, other times of the day if you can find that situation. But for the most part, it's a lot of evening hunting because just because that's where you can get in there on the food source or close to the food source before they're, on the way. On the way. And you, you feel know. like in the mornings they're, I mean, I feel like at least. You're going to blow a lot of deer out. They're already back to their beds there. at times before daylight, would Could you say? Could be. Yeah. yeah, but my biggest reason for not hunting mornings is walking in before daylight. If you are hunting a food source, a lot of those times those deer are going to be there still. Yeah. So you're going to blow them out mm-hmm. before, you. I mean, you're going to ruin your hunt on the way in. Yeah. Because they're not going to probably come back, yeah. especially late in the year, because they've been bumped and pushed and pressured all year long. You get away with a lot less late yeah. than you can 
at other times of the year. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about food source, and obviously that's not rocket science that deer are hungry late season. There's not a lot to eat. Let's talk about public land mm-hmm. and hunting. I know you used to hunt a lot of public mm-hmm. land. Cody still does a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and there are there is a, a pretty large percentage of people that still do that. Mm-hmm. And when you – obviously, I guess it depends on – Ag, what you've got access to ag-wise on public mm-hmm. ground, um, if it's a bait state or not. Mm-hmm. But what's your thoughts for somebody hunting late-season public ground versus so private ground? You, a lot of public ground here in Arkansas has some agriculture on it or mm-hmm. food plots on it or something like that, but I really don't try and key on that. I mean, yeah, that may be their destination food source for the evening or, or where they're doing the majority of their feeding at night, but very rarely are those deer on public ground coming there in daylight where you can shoot them. So what I'm doing on public land is I may be finding those sources, but then I'm back tracking or back scout scouting back towards bedding or where I think those deer are coming from or following trails back into where I think they're coming from. And I'm looking for some kind of secondary type food source, like a greenbrier or honeysuckle or a late acorn tree that's still got a few acorns around it or if you're in the arkansas river bottom some pecans that may be still falling or what have you um something like that that those deer are going to come to before they head on to that destination food plot for the night because a, a lot of times your chances are going to be way better to get that deer there in the daytime than at some big field or some ag field or something like that right on public land yeah and a lot of times that isn't it's it's not a big obvious this is the food source there i mean it could be just honeysuckle or green bar or something that they're stopping and milling around in for an hour or 30 minutes before they move on out and it'll usually be fairly close to where they're bedding yeah i i, I think about the plan of attack for late season versus how i've hunted all year and i've Obviously, I, my wife says I've hunted a lot this year, so I'm going to go with her on it. <laughs> I have You're not going to argue that one? I'm not going to argue with her, but <laughs> there was a time I was going a lot throughout the year. Of course, at least where we're at, we've got, what, five months we can bow hunt. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a lot of opportunity. But late season, I feel like for me, it's more of, obviously, I'm watching my game cameras and seeing what's going on, but trying to come up with a plan of attack versus just earlier in the year, I may go hunt every day and just change spots where I'm at, depending on the wind or whatever. But now I feel like it's more of a plan of attack that I want to make sure I hunt it exactly the right way that day, where less is more. Almost, mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna go do it, make sure it's right and not just go in there. And you want to be real dialed in, very dialed in. And so, um, and I've 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 again back to my deer. I've been chasing the last two years, or I didn't really have. I wasn't really chasing him last year. I had two other bucks we were really chasing. But if he'd came in, it'd been really hard not to shoot him. But He's been the target deer this year all season, and, and he's kicking my tail. But I'm almost to the stage now where I'm, I feel like if I shoot him right now, he's going to go run into a tree and both horns are just going <laughs> to <laughs> That's what I feel like. But uh, I've but even at that, I haven't been because I've had one daylight picture is the main reason. Uh-huh. And not that you can obviously justify everything by a camera. We know that's not the case. We've talked about that before. Um but I feel like if I'm going to do it, it needs to be a plan of attack versus mm-hmm. just going. And, and it's not so much about quantity of, of hunts as it is the quality of the hunt right. you're, you're going to do. And so um, I, I found this this little write-up I wanted to just share and get your thoughts on it, B or Cody. 
this was a study from Auburn University, and it was based on public ground. It said, in an interesting study, researchers at Auburn University tracked a herd of GPS-collared deer on a moderately hunted WMA in the south. Once hunters began arriving on Friday, daytime deer movement dropped markably. The data showed that the rack bucks hardly moved at all as people tromped around the woods on Saturday and Sunday. Deer continued to lie low on Monday. By Wednesday, the woods had settled down some, and does felt more comfortable moving again. Bucks began to stick their necks out. If you can get off work, Wednesday and Thursdays are the days to hunt public ground. <laughs> I would say true to that. I, I, I thought about it. Um, I mean, I feel like we've already mentioned, I think traffic is lower late season mm-hmm. because the average guy's not hunting mm-hmm. 70, 80, 100 days a year. Yep. It's, it's a few days a year and weekends, but... Do you feel like there's some truth to that? Absolutely. As far as a lot, if there is traffic, it's mainly weekends. I would, I would say true based on my, you know, trips out to the public land that I've hunted here. Yeah. You deer, go on the weekends, there's people everywhere. You go mm-hmm. during the week, you can find a spot to park. Yeah. Deer are way better at pattern than us than we are at pattern yeah. than them, for sure. <laughs> there is no doubt, man. So, I mean, yeah, I, that, I've seen Makes that. Sense. Yes, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. On I, public I, land. I would agree 100%. Yeah. I got another question concerning late season hunting, B, and we might argue this one. I, I want to talk. I want to go what back one thing because okay. I, I you asked me about when I'm hunting late season, and I, I said uh, late afternoons mostly, right. and that is what I do mostly, especially if I'm just hunting deer. And if I'm hunting a deer, a specific deer, I might change that a little bit because I'm. I'm probably trying to find out where he's living, where he's spending most of his time. And if I can, if I can pinpoint that, and I'm not going to do it until I feel like I have pinpointed that, like right. I like I I know where his bedding room is. Yeah. I'm when I if I figure that out and when I do, that's when I would go in and try and hunt him in the morning. Coming back and to try there. to beat him back and to try bed. and beat him back to bed. Mm. Now I might have to get there at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning to do it. Yeah. But if he's there and I'm there, and I even if he comes in and beds, you can be there when at he gets some there. time during yeah. the day. He's going to probably get up and shift or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And you may have a chance at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that goes back to what he's saying. When you're going to do it like that, you've really it's got to be yeah dialed in. You got to know if not, what, it'll yeah. be the same result as this study. Yes, he gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. So you said a deer versus deer. Let's talk about deer in general, specifically does. Mm-hmm is I'll make a statement and you tell me if it's true or false and I might come back on my statement. I'm just making a statement. <laughs> Not that I think it's right. The best time to harvest does is late season. True or false? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I was going to say, there are going to be some people that say it doesn't matter when you kill to them. To me, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Personally. And then some there are going to be some guys that are going to argue, well, if you kill it late season, it might have... The it baby might, of well, the she had the same deer. babies in her yeah. in November. Yeah, from the time she was bred, she still got she's got the same babies in her. You just have to look at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just yeah. bigger. Yeah. Well, I, I bring up that question because I've had discussions with even Game and Fish on some of this about harvesting early versus late, mm. like before they're bred. Mm-hmm. When I say early or late, I mean before they're bred. And <clears throat> I have two thoughts on it. One, I personally think if you're going to if you're going to kill them, it's better early season but here's the problem i have with early season specifically where i spend most of my time hunting is 
I don't want to go tracking a doe off in the woods, mm -hmm. dragging it out when I know I've got some target bucks in the area. Yeah. Just out of, I don't know if I'd call it fear, but just trying to be wise in the way I hunt, um, feeling like I'm going to blow them out of there because there's a chance they may go off back in the bedding area and die or whatever, and mm -hmm. i got a tromp back in there. And so that's one thought I have. But then the second thought I have is obviously late season's a great time to harvest does mm -hmm. if you got food source because mm -hmm. they're going to be gonna there. There's going to be a lot of them and there. And they're going to be in and out all day long. <clears throat> and so I guess the negative side of it is the the that's the question, I guess, is if you know they're probably more than likely if you shoot a, a mature doe late season, it's got babies, mm -hmm. right? And so that's the question I run into personally sometimes is do I want to shoot this doe? that potentially was bred by one of my target bucks mm -hmm. that's, that's getting the right genetics in my herd. When you're talking about, and this is specific to probably if you're managing a lease or managing your own property, if it's public ground, it's a hit or miss. Mm -hmm. you, know? you don't know. <clears throat> you don't know. Well, they're going to be bred. You know that, but yeah. you don't know where they're living or yeah. for the What's most around, part. You what? got, if you got a million acres. I mean, <laughs> you, you take one buck, he's probably going to breed three to four does in breeding season. And you got a hundred does. Yeah. What are the chances that you're shooting? I it's mean, kind of like you, you just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just you don't really know. don't know. <laughs> so like to me, a doe's a doe's a doe. Yeah. yeah. So you don't worry about it personally. I don't worry about it. it. Now, if you don't like looking at babies when you got one, then you don't need to shoot them in, in, that, in the late season. <laughs> yeah. That's the cold hard truth, right but, there. But I mean, yeah. I the the one thing that I probably would prefer shooting them early versus late for is because it's just one less deer on the resource on the food right. source and you know so she's not taking up resources well to argue that if you're all shooting through them. the year and then you kill her at the end of the year when right. you fed her the yeah. whole time yeah. if it's to argue that though acres, on his point though if you go ahead and take her out that's one less doe that needs bred by the big buck that might come in when you're hunting if you go with that route yeah, I mean, well, that, it probably depends on how And that's kind of the old school sure. thought is you don't want to shoot the does because then, you know, you ain't got nothing for the bucks. But right. you really want, for a good, healthy population, you really want that doe, buck doe ratio lower than, oh, than what we typically have oh, yeah. here, especially mm -hmm. here in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, because you don't. It's like the way we kind of are now with our buck doe ratio is you've got breeding spread out from middle of October to the middle of January, yeah. kind of, you know, because the, there's more does than what we've got bucks to service. So if they don't get bred at the end of October 1st, November, 28 days later, they come back in. If they don't get bred then, then they come back in again, and they'll come back in until they get bred. Yeah. So it takes those bucks – you know, three months to get our doe herd bred where it, you know, yeah. in a lot of other places in the country, it takes two. You usually have right. that peak breeding month of November and then you'll have the rest of them get cleaned up Yeah, in December. I, don't, I still don't know where I stand on it. I know this year we killed a few does on our properties last year. This year we hadn't killed one doe on the property. I've got a buddy in Oklahoma who kills big bucks every year and he swears by not killing does ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> but like, how many deer is he killing off his place a he, year? Well, he's got a few different small pieces of property in Oklahoma, and he'll kill a couple good bucks a year. Yeah. One every year. So it's not You're a only bunch. killing two deer off of a deer herd a year. You're not affecting that deer herd. Right. At all. I mean, yeah. 
there's couch are killing as many deer as you, more deer than you are. Yeah. And deer are born one to one. Yeah. For every buck, there's a doe born. And so, as long as you're not taking too many of one side of that, it's going to stay close to one to one. Yeah. So, now you will have more buck mortality than you will doe mortality just because of the rut and fighting and that kind of stuff they move a lot more they get hit by cars a lot more during the rut things like that so it can get skewed without hunting and just like just leaving it but is that what plays into the buck doe ratios being off do you feel like though that i was gonna ask that same question it has something to some to do with it and then it also has to do with shooting more bucks than you shoot does yeah yeah if you shoot a doe for every buck that you shoot you should be even. You I think be. you should shoot two or three does for every buck that you shoot. Because but. we know it's off. Yeah, until you get it right. Yeah. Or closer. I, I don't mean, think you're home, ever going to. definitely off. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you're ever going to be one-to-one here. It's going to be really hard to do that. But, I mean, three-to-one would Dude, be I, better than six-to-one. I had a hunt this year, and this is no lie. I I think I told one of y'all, I was like, man, I think my buck-to-doe ratio is dead on. like <laughs> I've got like eight does I know lives on this 80 acres. I see them every time I hunt. And I had a hunt. It was in November. And I was up on top of the mountain one morning. Everything was right. Thermals were up. Like there wasn't nothing catching me. And the reason I know that is because I had like, I'm not lying, 40 or 50 does around me. <laughs> all the way around me. 360 <laughs> degrees within 50 yards all the way around me at one time. Every time I'd see a doe, there'd be 11 coming behind. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, my guess was way off. (laughs) I got a lot of does. (laughs) That's the thing. Early in the season, those does live in small family groups, and they spread out over the landscape. And the bucks do the same thing. They live in bachelor groups. Yeah. Let's talk about – Once the rut comes in, and then it starts winding down, once she gets bred, they start grouping up. Yeah. And then that's when you can really see what your doe numbers look like on a place. Yeah. Before we get into the cons of late season, let's talk about how aggressive you get with calling late season. Like on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> you can make up the scale if you want to. I don't call in late season. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. You, I, I've hunted with you quite a bit. I, the only time I've really seen you call is in a rut. Yes. At least where we live. Yes. Where we live, yes. Yeah. I mean, I would agree, but but I guess depending on where you are in the country. I yeah. mean, if I was in a situation where I sought rut activity, it would be – I mean, I've always got a grunt call with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I usually got two different kinds of grunt calls. I've got a louder type grunt call, and then I've got a really, like, soft grunt call that I use. Right. Um, but if I saw some rut activity, then, yes, I would be more apt to get in on the party, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> – if I didn't see that, I wouldn't be calling at all. I I don't ever call. I've only called two times in my life, and it was only for the purpose of a deer who was gone, like leaving, leaving. to try to mm-hmm. get it back. You yeah. know, but never yeah. have I done it. Yeah, that, I don't that do kind a, of manner. I don't do a ton of blind calling unless we're like in Kansas or right. Iowa or somewhere like that, and I'm rattling early morning, know. hit the mm-hmm. horns together. Yeah, yeah. I read another article this week. I'll, I'll give you a line of it, and you can give me your thoughts. Laying down a few grunts followed by a snort or two can get a big late-season buck's attention. If you're not seeing any deer around your stand, you have nothing to lose. <laughs> True or false? False. That's exactly what I said. I agree. Absolutely. I'm like, who's this moron false. writing this? He says, the buck says, 
Who's that fool? <laughs> if, well. you, if, if you're hunting down here, and, 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 and you do, and you want to guarantee that you're not going to see a buck, <laughs> do that right there. Yeah, so if what you're listening, you got to lose. depending yeah. on where you are in the country, remember, we're speaking from predominantly from the south here, where, yes. where we hunt. And it's heavily pressured. And it's heavily pressured, and... And at least where I'm hunting, for the most part, I know what deer I've, at least on my farm here, I know what deer I'm hunting. And I know they're there somewhere. Oh, these bucks down here can tell you the difference between a two talker, two tr- true talker OG and a Primo's buck roar by the middle of October. Why is that, B? Because everybody and their brother's doing that, I guess. Funny. I thought that was funny, so I'd read it. Yeah, I would never ever maybe even but think about that. But unless I'm watching two bucks fight or see, something. The truth's always changing. It is. You do you. it one time and the big buck comes in and you shoot it, you might do it every time. Well, and there's probably <laughs> evidently the guy that wrote this article, I won't say any names, he's had some success doing that. Yeah. yeah. But I can tell you this, he don't know what he spooked off. Well, <laughs> That's true. Because he thought he was blind calling. Our buddy Matt Cow blows his grunt call like a trumpet. <laughs> And he's killed doing it. He's killed deer doing it. That's why it's hey. not gospel. It is not gospel. I'm laughing so hard That's because he's, he's telling the truth. I've I'm heard not, him. I've we heard him never do lie. It. We like, we really should get Matt to film that or record it so we can at least hear. How oh, we've he does got it. It's on a show. We've isn't got it? it on TV. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, we got a bunch of hate mail on that one. See, I would no, never do. I would never do that. But he killed a buck. Dude. But he's in Illinois, so True. he's not where we're at. Yep. We. Ain't I ain't roaring at nothing down here anyway. No. Or I'm, I mean, no. Cody might, but. Well, I, well, <laughs> I already said it I goes back to our, It goes back to that buck doe ratio thing that I was talking about. These deer we have do not have to compete. Right. For does. They just do not have to. They yeah. can walk down the road and find another one just like that. Yeah. Uh, up there, there's a lot more competition for breeding rights. Yeah. So different things work yeah in other parts of the country that don't down here right absolutely all right let's dive off into cons of late season um obviously the deer have been pressured for months there are a lot it's funny i pulled up farm yesterday afternoon and my deer not usually they don't booger by a truck sure don't booger by a tractor but i pulled up yesterday and across the field there was five or six deer one good buck and when I first come around the corner, I was three or 400 yards away. White flags were mm-hmm. gone because yeah. it was late. I mean, they're not even taking a truck pulling up in the field that's been there all year. Right. And um, so they're obviously a lot more skittish. Um, I feel like you can't get away with near as much. Um, you've already mentioned there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of deer on food source. There's a lot more eyeballs on you. Mm-hmm. It makes it a little more challenging. Even though you see deer, mm-hmm. there's a lot more that can see you. Right. And so sometimes that makes makes a uh, makes it challenging. What else, be anything pop to your mind? As far as cons of late season. Yeah, I mean for me, it's hard to stay focused late season because especially if it's now if you've if you stepped out there and got work done early in the year and you hadn't really had to hunt that hard through the rut in the middle of the year, then and then it, no, it's not as hard to keep focused during the late season, but. If it's been a grind of a year for you and you've been hunting hard, it really gets hard to maintain that discipline and and keep focus mm-hmm. in the late season. Well, or it, it does for me. I, I mean, would add to that 
in the late season, the bucks are going to drop their horns, so you don't want to go out there. And so it's yeah. kind of like, eh, I don't want to go out. And if you're not running trail cams mm-hmm. and shoot a deer, that was the Usually, big one, you know? I mean, we'll have some deer drop early, but the biggest bulk of the deer that I see around this area, it really starts the first part of February. Yeah, that's what and, I've seen. And through the month of February, that's when those horns are really starting to mm-hmm. pop, you know. Yep. Um, so I don't really worry about that too much until we get into February. Mm-hmm. Then it, that does become a yeah. pretty good issue. Right. Um, generally, I don't hunt that much in February, mainly because I've started fishing by then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm over it for a minute by then. Now I'm still thinking about it and thinking about next year, but as far as like You've convinced yourself I've, what's been done is done. I've settled <laughs> I've settled. Like I it's probably over with. It's <laughs> painful sometimes, year. isn't it? Yeah. This year's rough. <laughs> this year's pretty rough. I would echo that. I've had years like that too and I'm like, I've gotta go. I've, I've hunted five months or four months, whatever. Might as well gotta, keep on gotta, rolling. What's one more month, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it, if you have harvested a deer or two, it is definitely easier to. So I, I hadn't thought about that. The con of late season is definitely a mental game for sure. Listen, for the last two years, I've been wearing the heated core line from NUMA. Call me soft if you want. Fact is, I'm not interested in being cold when I'm up against freezing temperatures in the woods. And this is not just another base layer. It's next to skin warmth, powered by a lightweight lithium battery. It provides constant and efficient heat to warm your core, and yet you still have complete freedom of movement. If you're a hunter like me that often finds yourself in cold scenarios, this one is a game changer. The Iconics heated core vest and the heated core pant have allowed me to comfortably hunt longer without all the extra bulk. Head over to NumaOutdoors.com and use code TOUR12 at checkout. That's T-O-U-R-1-2, TOUR12, which provides an additional 20% off your next order. This offer is specific to the heated core line and is valid through March 1st of 2022. Yeah, it's 100% for me. That is the absolute hardest part of late season is the mental side of it because it really, that's when you need to be dialed in like the most. Yeah. Because they're not going to let you get away with anything. No. Any slip up. They're not going to tolerate any of it. Yeah, which brings another challenge. This is one of the cons for me is uh, I am hunting late season food source if I'm hunting. And so, which is predominantly like we talked about evening hunts, it leads me to what happens when it gets dark and you're in the stand and you're hunting food source and now you've got to get out of there. That's one of the biggest <laughs> problems with it. And and it's one reason that I... I don't like to hunt right on the food source Yeah. whenever I am hunting a food source, especially if it's a field or something. You're trying to get in between them. Well, I'm generally, most of the time, those deer, whatever the food source is, whether you're hunting a small food plot, an acorn tree, a honeysuckle patch, or a pile of feed, those deer are going to come to that from the downwind side of it. Yeah. Every time, just about this time of year, they're going to make a circle and they're going to come in downwind yeah. or come in where they can check it before they walk up to it. So generally I'm hunting off of that on the downwind side, Yeah, whatever that looks like that day. And usually depending on what the wind's blowing, that determines what food source I hunt kind of, you know, because yeah. I kind of have, a, we'll have an idea of all right, I can get in here with this kind of wind and that'll let me hunt the downwind side of it. And even if they're 
bedding across the food source from me, I still most of the time see them come around it and come in. Even if it's a field, I've had them come out in the middle of a field and walk around out through the field to get on the downwind side yeah. of a food plot or a feeder or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I may start a hundred yards off of it and work my way up to it till I figure out where they're where they're coming around it and hooking and coming into it from the down. Because you want to be right there on that line. Yeah. You know. Which that pre- presents a whole other challenge. If you're starting 100 yards out and it's late season, you're already worn down from the grind of hunting mm-hmm. five months. And, you're and now you got to start rehanging sets. A couple or taking of days. A, or taking <laughs> a, taking a, a yeah, or you can use saddle a, or a whatever. Climber a climber or saddle or whatever. But, and it may not be 100. <laughs> it just depends on the situation. Right. You know, especially if you're hunting – a food source in tight cover. They're almost always where they can't see, they're gonna walk yeah. they're gonna circle downwind of it. So I'm gonna hunt probably at least fifty yards. Yeah. On the downwind side of that. Yeah. Well I know I know for me it's it's been and it goes back to not over hunting something late season, but I know I've blown deer out coming out of my you know where I hunt, coming out of the fields at night. Mm-hmm. And I feel like blowing them out in December or January is worse versus, than blowing them out versus early season. Yeah. They don't, they're not too, they're boogered, but not, they're coming mm-hmm. back. And, and I don't know another way around it other than have somebody pick you up. The best or, way to do that is that, is have somebody either drive in on the tractor or a diesel pickup truck, something that those deer, that the farmer or whatever in that area would normally be doing. Yeah. And it seems to affect them less. Now, yeah. if you, if they haven't been having that, and then all of a sudden you start doing it mm-hmm. every day, that could have some effect on them. Absolutely. But just, you know, one or two times, just go in with a tractor or something and clear the field and then have the person wait and then get down when you get there and jump right in. That's Yeah. And you can't do that on public land or anything right. like that. But if you do have the opportunity to do that, that's way better. Yeah. So you're saying on your properties, your dad probably rides in on a horse. I it picks yeah, up. well, no. <laughs> but I have I have had to call him. I didn't to, know where you were going. With that. I have had to call him to come. Yeah, run deer run off, with, deer a truck off or with a truck. Yeah, and and pick me up. Yeah, because I couldn't get out. That's a good move. A lot of people don't think about. Mm-hmm. They just they just pile out of the stand and know they're going to mm-hmm. blow deer out. Or I mean, the only other way to clear a field or something is to. Act, like a coyote, act like or a coyote like or a or a something, whatever mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. to that's not a human sound, right? That might booger them to get them out of there mm-hmm. before you get mm-hmm. down. You know, you got to be pretty close to them to if you're howling like a coyote for them to react to it. But it will work. I mean, it'll you it'll get, get them out of you your way. You want to give us a sample? I can't do it with my voice. <laughs> Come on, I've tried and I sound like a dead coyote or a dying coyote. <laughs> A dead, a dying kind. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm learning a little bit, B. I Me mean, too. Uh, any any other uh, before we get ready to wrap this thing up? Any closing thoughts on late season tips? I mean, we've given a few ideas I mean, of what's it, worked for us. I but. mean, the biggest thing is to stay in it. You know, in in your head, yeah. don't get lazy. Don't get lackadaisical. You know. Be diligent in what you're doing. Be diligent in your wind directions and your thermals, yeah. and uh, you have to hunt smart. Yeah, because they've they've seen it all by this time. Yeah, 
Um, it does get better the farther away from the gun seasons and, and the majority of the pressure yeah. as you go. I mean, I have seen it get almost close to back to normal by mid-February yeah. in this area in some places, uh, Those especially places that aren't getting hunted a lot, private places, things like that. Yeah deer get get back into moving in the daytime just a little bit more but um that's definitely the rarity i mean it's not the norm yeah once they go through three months of gun hunting and <laughs> load hunting and all that they, <laughs> yeah we have that luxury in arkansas yeah they uh which whatever they tend is what to take it is, a while to uh calm back down yeah, yeah yeah cody you got any thoughts no i'm just learning I I told you the other day I'm a novice in all this really compared to you two. I haven't hunted near as long as you guys. I have. feel like I am. Well, one thing reality you're never going to figure out everything there's no, no. even wildlife biologists yeah. don't know everything there. And then, like mm-hmm. you say, when you do figure it out, mm-hmm. something changes. Or, yeah. Or I mean, yeah, they're not humans. They don't think exactly like we do, but they do use their senses. Well, one of the things that they have to their they're just trying to stay alive. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always something trying to kill them in yeah. the wild. You know, so they we're that yeah. too the you more know? you can understand what what they do and why they do it as far as their senses and and what it takes for them to stay alive and and typically what they tend to do then you get a lot better picture of what mm-hmm. you might need to do yeah. in those certain situations and that just comes from observing deer yeah you know and watching what they do i, I talk you know for the majority of the time, I hunt downwind of the food source that I'm going to hunt. But I've done that, and I've walked them, watched deer walk straight in with the wind to a food source. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, nothing's a gospel. <laughs> I so mean, true. there is no gospel when it comes to deer hunting. But yeah. very rarely is a big buck going to do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you want to take all the information. you, you, you got to hunt the average, the, the higher percentage right. stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's what I try and do. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, that's what that was. That's what makes hunting so fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's really less about the kill, and more to me at least about the process. Now, I would like going back when I was young and a teenager, it was about mm-hmm. the kill. Everything was about the kill, but now the more we learn, and now that we actually have some places we can hunt, um, or that we can kind of call our own, whether it's least it's been leased grounds or it's private ground or whatever. Um, I think that's it's like you've talked about with fishing. It's like figure. I want to figure the fish figure it out. out, and it's yeah. the same thing with deer hunting. Is you like figuring them out. And I was telling a guy the other day, we've, we've killed some, some decent deer in Texas this year, and, and I love it. Wouldn't mm-hmm. trade it for nothing. I was telling a guy at the cat store the other day because I busted some O-rings in my mini eggs. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't tell you that. I'm fixing to fix that joker. By yourself? Dang right. Like you're going to break it down I, and I'm, put them in? I already did. I, I broke it down like a doctor and figured out the problem <laughs> in the middle of the woods prepping for next year already. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I was like, dude, come on, I busted an O-ring. Did it work? I ain't fixed it After yet. you done it? No, I just got them. Oh. So I got the package. But anyway, I was talking to the guy in the cat store, and uh, I said, man, there's nothing that means more to me than killing a deer on a place you're trying to manage mm-hmm. because of how much goes into it 365 yeah. days a year. And so so that's part of it is just learning the deer. It's not that we're against hunting Texas or Midwest or Kansas. We just can't spend as much time there mm-hmm. as we can here to learn what the deer are doing and really try to get a strategy and make it come together and sometimes it works sometimes it don't you know there's a lot a lot more times it doesn't than it does <laughs> way more times it doesn't <laughs> than it does but i mean you think about the hours and hours and hours that you spend out there whether yeah. it's scouting sitting whatever 
it is. Yeah. And you get a couple of chances yeah. a year, maybe. And, and then, even at all that. I didn't even get a chance this year. <laughs> <laughs> but in, even at all that, like the big buck I killed last year, hunted my tail off, and it never happens like it's supposed to. Right. I'd been on the tractor all afternoon and jumped in the stand, and in 45 minutes, this sucker cut the back corner of a field. Haven't got one daylight picture all year on a bunch of cameras. And it went down, and I was in a T-shirt and an orange vest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, would have never wrote that up in the script. Usually when everything's going wrong, that's when good stuff ends up <laughs> yeah. happening. Like, you freaking get in the tree and drop everything out of it. Yeah. And then there comes the deer, yeah. Which, which happens a lot. And I've, yes. I've tried to take that positive spin on things mm-hmm. now. When something bad's going on, I'm like, we're probably going to kill something today. Mm-hmm. And that is from experience. I had that happen in Kansas one year with Charlie. That son of a gun got to the tree right before daylight with me. He was filming that day. He's like, hey, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you forgot your glasses? He goes, it's a big problem. I can't see the back of the camera to film you. <laughs> and it's like, and we were already a little bit late. And we're in Kansas in the middle of the rut. And I'm like, son of a gun. I was like, walk back or go back to camp. We had them quiet cat bikes. I was like, take a bike and ride back to camp is a mile or so. I said, I'll get the tree arm. I'll do it all. I'll get it set up. So that sucker comes up, the, climbing up the tree in the daylight with his glasses on the end of his nose. He already put them on, being, <laughs> being stupid while he was climbing. And it wasn't long after that we rattled one in and, <laughs> and killed it right there in Kansas. But it was a train wreck of a morning, and that's the way it panned out. So that's we're, on. I mean, here we are at the end of the year. Now I'm going to ask this, just kind of close it out. What, what, what did you learn this year that you were going to try and do next year, you think, to hopefully improve well, <clears throat> on what you did this year, I guess? One, um, I'm going to make sure my – and I can't control this 100%, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast. I'm going to work even harder on my food source mm-hmm. for next mm-hmm. year to have food source year-round. That's one thing. But the other thing is I've learned my target buck for this year, I know pretty dang close to where he's living. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got it dialed in to – I mean, really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's through a variety of cameras down one tree line and now back in the woods, too. Yeah. When you when you decide you're done for the year, yeah, we need to go jump him up. You want to go make jump sure him? That's where he's living. All right. That's the, way, that's the only way to know 100% sure he lives right there. Yeah. I've, I've got him about every night now. Yeah. And, um, and it's at night. Like I said, I've had the one daylight picture I did have is when we got our snow. Mm-hmm. And he was right under my stand, mm-hmm. <laughs> standing in the snow, just looking. And it's fine, though. Like, I would probably still be hunting a little harder had I not killed one there already mm-hmm. this year. But it's it's more of a long haul he's journey gonna, for me he's now. He's going to be yeah. really good, too, next year. He's yeah, going to yeah. be a stud. Yeah. And Unless so, he starts going downhill like Julio. Well, he could. Julio yeah. did, man. And uh, I don't think he's as old as that deer was, yeah. though. I mean, I, I was guessing him three and a half last year, um, and he might have been four and a half last year, but he's either going to be five and a half or maybe six and a half on the high end, I mm-hmm. would say, based on his body. And it's hard to tell late season. Well, they mm-hmm. lose, they lose what, 25% of their body mass mm-hmm. throughout the rut and, and starting to see not it come back because they don't have enough to eat, but um, he still looks really good. He didn't break off anything this year. Right. He did last year. Um, which I don't even know if I told you. I've, the two sheds I've got from last year were his. He is. Yep. I went, again, going back and looking at my cameras. He likes it there late. Yeah. He likes it early and then late. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone for about two months. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was from 
Well, not two months, maybe. Well, yeah, but I bet it was end of October to after the rut. So it was almost most of October. Well, I've been a little over a month, I guess, month and a half before he showed back up. So, um, what about you? What are you doing different? I, my main thing that I'm going to do better this year is plan my hunts, I think. Like, no here in the next few weeks what I'm planning on doing. If I'm, I'm going to Kansas, I'm going to Ohio, I'm going here, and this is when I'm going, and try and have scouted and be prepared for that. I don't yeah. feel like I did a good job of that. Like, I, I had I had deer here early, and I feel like normally I would get an opportunity at one of those. I didn't this year. Um, and then they left. Yeah. And then I felt like I was just like I didn't have anywhere. I didn't have a backup plan. Yeah. I want to have about four backup plans next year. Yeah. You now, now you, yeah. Hunted, you hunted Ohio this year for, yes. what, 10 days 10 or days something? 10 days or so, yes. Did you feel like while you were there you might have should have been here? No. No? I didn't feel like I had anything here to hunt. I got you. Um and I and and that was the same thing when I got back. You know, I just I didn't I, I hadn't put in the work that I normally do mm-hmm. to yeah. have those backup spots or plans or what you know what have you. Yeah. Um. But I plan on doing that a little bit better this year. So you're saying you're going to cut your busy schedule down a little bit? Try to. <laughs> <laughs> Try to. <laughs> Well, I think that's something. Which I didn't. I I probably hunted more this year than I've hunted in you did hunt a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just never had the right deer in front of me. Yeah. Um, Ohio was good. It just those mature deer. Just I was a week early. Mm. I mean, the week I left, they got on their feet in the daytime. They were they were there. I mean, they were get they. Were, I mean, you'd you'd get picture of them at night or see them on the roads at night or what right. have you. But they just weren't moving that much during the daytime yet yeah and then you know that's how that pre-rut deal is you know all of a sudden it just broke loose and they were they were daylighting yeah well i'm season's not quite over here yet but i am looking forward to next season and even our next episode cody did you have anything you you gonna do anything different cody i gotta have more food (laughs) i'm hunting a real small property Mm -hmm. like the the private ground is very 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 small i mean I think it's a total of 25 acres, and probably 20 of it is horse pasture and houses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's I, I would call it a pass-through property, and we the only time I've ever had pictures of bucks on it is during the rut. Mm-hmm. And my son killed a really good one. Yeah, he did. But he did. it was rut. Rut, yeah. And so w- I've got to have a better plan for a food source. We moved to a different spot this year mm-hmm. on that small property and saw more deer than we've ever seen but not bucks mm-hmm. all does so yeah. we got to try to find some food to get them there because i do know there are some people within you know mm-hmm. not not too far that are doing that kind of stuff so they're probably spending more of their time there you know yeah so that that's my biggest deal either that or find some new land to lease some of those <laughs> well yeah. yeah i mean you know? some of those yeah. little properties like that are mainly rut yeah, like and that, that's the, what I would the farm say. The we about used that. to have in Kansas, no, absolutely, I wouldn't give you two cents for it. Early season, we never got pictures early. Yeah. Come November first mm-hmm. till yeah the We've, end of December. Yeah, it was yeah. it was on. Yeah. We've enjoyed going out there, but like I said, we just haven't seen a ton of bucks 
mostly does and i think mm-hmm. part of it it's it's passed through and it's mm-hmm. there's just they're coming not, with those does yeah there's just not a ton of food source yeah well and it's challenging too we talk about food source we've talked about that a lot in this episode but like i put a lot of time into creating food source specifically so there's stuff there in the late yeah. season and well and that's and that's what year, we yeah but this year it didn't matter mother nature killed it, it all out. there was no rain most of the summer yeah. mm-hmm. and everything just burned up so yeah. unless but I am building a backup strategy for that too, Cody. Let's hear it. I did build a pond this summer. Oh, that's that right. That is holding water. Yep. B, B's like, that thing holding water? <laughs> I've, been, I'm like, I've been nervous about this whole pond build, I, well, whether it's going to hold water or not. I have too. I talked to a guy this week, and he's like, how's your pond doing? And I was like, dude, it looks awesome. <laughs> and he goes, man, my buddy spent like almost 80 grand, Trying 20, to get 25, to 25 to start with to get the pond built. And then he spent like another 80 and trying to get it fixed because it won't hold water. Oh, no. He goes, what did you do? I said, you ain't going to believe it. He goes, what? I said, I watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> 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 he goes, oh, my gosh. I was like, well, how do you think we make a living? Yeah. <laughs> we watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> right. But, no, that's true. But that is part of my strategy is is obviously I want to put some fish in it yeah. or whatever. But it is a backup plan. For so if, if I need water, you have it. I've got water yeah. there. And yeah. so, um, and I learned that through through just being around some of our other guys that hunt up north mm-hmm. and Midwest. Mm-hmm. They had ponds specifically for that reason. You may not be able to water a ton. But even if you can water a portion of your food plot and have some some green there, you yeah. know, throughout mm-hmm. the year, it's better well, better yeah. than nothing. It it late season food is king. Yeah, and I yeah. mean they run out of stuff to eat, and it gets cold. And when it gets cold, they have to eat to stay warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're gonna go to the they're gonna spot. eat. I mean, you'll start seeing it. You'll start seeing deer on the edge of the interstate, on the edge of roads. They're chasing that green stuff. You know. Yep, absolutely. And there's lots. We'll get into that more next next episode, but. There's a lot of ways to combat that too. Mm-hmm. Even cheap cheap routes. I mean, mm-hmm. there's ways to do it and accomplish accomplish yeah. that goal. Mm-hmm. But you still need Mother Nature to help you out a little yeah, bit. That's right. Unless yeah. you got and I, my backup plan originally was my big creek system. I was like, man, that thing's had water in it since we bought this place. It, it was up. gone. It was dry yeah. to the bone this mm-hmm. year. Well, I need it to rain because I'm going to do spring plots this year. Are you? Hopefully, Atta that's boy. the goal because. Yeah. We got to recruit. I feel like mm-hmm. we've got to recruit some deer to that property. I have you never know. done spring plots out there. Yeah, on that farm that I hunt, and I've sure. got the seed to do it this year. I'm gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the the benefits of late season is we. I mean, food source is king. That's probably top of the top of the chain, top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. You like that? His <laughs> <laughs> food, but it uh, it's got to be planned right and and know ahead of time that if you've can create that yeah. again we'll talk about this more later but it's it's setting you up for success late season but you you mentioned something i don't know if we re- mentioned is if you've done all that and you've got the food source it is a genius time to be recruiting yeah mm-hmm. i've had that i've had that happen on two different properties now where i've got deer that have not really seen all year until late season because there wasn't a lot of food around that ended up still being there in the spring yeah mm-hmm. you can you can pull them in there late season yeah. and they they dislike it and yeah. don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that I'll, um, where I'm at, that I'll keep them there, but I might keep them close. Keep them close. Mm-hmm. You know, so that it's not just a waiting on the dough mm-hmm. to come in. It more, you know, there is food there I can go enjoy and whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of it just comes down to obviously you got to have access to property to do it, whether it's lease or you own it or whatever. But a lot of it comes down to how far are you willing to go versus your neighbor? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah, and how much work ethic are you willing to put in? Because, to me, I want to have as more than anybody within 
20 miles of me, yeah. you know, so that I can, I mean, if I could draw him 20 miles, I'd try, you know. He wants to be the buffet. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I really do. And and we're seeing some of that pay off in something as small as 80 acres, you know. Um, and But we're actually hunting a lot more than that, really. Oh, yeah. Or not hunting it, but we're pulling deer mm-hmm. from several thousand acres, you know. And so um, the recruitment side of it late season is definitely a pro that you can mm-hmm. put into your repertoire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pulling out the big words. Big today. word, you know. Yeah, in late season on public land, it's about boots on the ground and finding what that preferred food source is at the time. I mean, that's basically how you get it. You just have to get out there and find it. Yeah. Physically walking and looking and reading the sign. I was going. I was fixing to say late season sign. Are you still looking for what you normally look for? No, I'm looking for feeding type sign, like yeah, like where it looks like there's they're spending time, you know. Fresh piles of deer crap, yeah. uh, you know, leaves kind of turned over in a larger type area. You know, I'm looking at the browse line. If you find anything green under that browse line, mm-hmm. that they're going to be on it. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, you know. And a lot of times trails will lead to an area and then they just kind of spread disperse out, yeah. out. And then, then I'm going to kind of slow down and look and see if that is, is because that they're feeding here or what that, what you know, what that looks like. That's there. Yeah, that's good advice right there. Well, I've enjoyed this little conversation. It's been good. I'm going to think about deer tomorrow, too. <laughs> go Matter of fact, it. I'm going to go hunt tomorrow, and if I don't kill a deer, it's B's fault. It's B's fault. Because I was. Don't got, put that hate on me. He was on Whitetail Gospel. I heard the intro. It's guaranteed. I did not say that. I was speaking for you. <laughs> you said that. I just read the script. I mean, <laughs> I so didn't you write, write the script. I, I mean, I might have wrote it too, but I can play it off like you wrote it and blame this on you if I because there's going to be a lot of hunters probably message us being like, "I didn't kill a deer yet tomorrow." <laughs> I well, guarantee it. <laughs> I haven't killed one yet, and uh, it is my fault probably. <laughs> oh man! Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this first edition of the Whitetail Gospel. Remember one thing when it comes to whitetails and the gospel: the truth is always changing. Hey guys, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the Tour 12 podcast, we'd love for you to do us a favor, a huge favor. In fact, all you have to do is go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. Throughout this year, we're going to give away products, hats, t-shirts, and a lot of other free things from our sponsors. And the only way that you can be registered to win any of that free stuff is to give us a review. Listen, I love free stuff. Heath loves free stuff. And I know that you do too. And we want to share some of that stuff with you, our listeners. We can't thank you enough for listening to the Tour 12 podcast. And we hope that you're taking steps every day to live your passion in business, leadership, and life. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.